I'm getting a text from producer Zach. There's an issue in the back right now. People who don't have accounts. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't get Brian on stage either, Zach. Sorry to everyone waiting patiently. Brian, do I have you? Hey, uh, Jake, can you hear me? Ooh, got it. I got you. How are you doing? Okay, good, good. How are you? Can't complain. Okay, good. I'm sure I'm sure you're busy, but uh, I just got to ask. Um, I mean, have you heard anything new on the Jalen Brunson front? So I'm going to say this cautiously, knowing that even with the, the, the title of the show, um, this is going to get picked up. Um, you know, I, I really don't have like a ballpark on it, but from everything I've heard, it really does sound like things have shifted and he, and, and he is more, more likely than not to become a member of the Knicks as opposed to the Dallas Mavericks. It really has sounded that things have shifted that direction. Yeah, Brian, I'm, I'm sorry to say. All right, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you got it. Um, let's see, Kyle, can we get you up here next man we're really having like a glitchy app experience here unfortunately i'm gonna i'm gonna go through the comments because we got some questions in the comments um oh now they're now they're gone man (laughs) brian's still here brian yeah you can still hear me have a conversation man okay sure sure uh well what made you what what makes you say that he's going to the knicks for sure so I'm not saying he's going to the Knicks for sure. Definitely not saying that. Um, okay. But because, you know, there's someone I spoke to very involved in the situation today, let's say, who is still kind of said that it's not out of the realm of possibility. or Like, like it's still – there's a non-zero chance he comes back to Dallas, right? Uh-huh. Um, so it's definitely not – he's definitely not for sure going to the New Okay. I mean – um, as I referenced on here a couple of weeks ago when Jalen apparently had been telling some people that, you know, it was kind of a done deal and the, the quote essentially a done deal was kind of making its way around the league that he was going back to Dallas. I mean, all those people have, have reversed course and they've all said it really does sound like he's going to New York now. Um, and he's going to get a significant offer at, you know, at least four years, 100, who knows how much it'll be. Um, and you know, there's going to end up being. It won't, it won't. It won't just be that. Like I'm sure there'll be some sign and trade conversations because, based on what I've been told, like cap wise, um, it would just make sense in some capacity for Dallas to maybe even if they get back just like a second round pick or just get, if they get back anything and don't take a player back, um, then they're going to get a pretty massive traded player exception. Um, I believe that's how the cap works. Someone was telling me today. Um, so there's still opportunities for Dallas to get something or for this to be more complicated than just Jalen walking out the door. Um, do I have Kyle now? Yes, you do. What's up, Kyle? How you doing, Jake? I'm hanging in. It's been uh, unfortunate we're having these technical difficulties, but I appreciate you calling in and, uh, and chatting with me. Absolutely. I'll make my question quick. Uh, with the stuff that's been sort of put out on Twitter today regarding the, you know, situation with the uh, Atlanta Hawks and the Spurs. Uh, Gallinari going to the Spurs. 
what does that mean for John Collins? Where where are we at with that situation? So what I've been told is that Atlanta feels they're close to getting a deal done. Um, I The latest I've heard from multiple people now is that, yes, John Collins is no longer being discussed from, from my understanding. Um, and I do know from talking to people from various angles of this situation that uh, Danilo Gallinari and how much money is in his partial guarantee um, is definitely being discussed on a general basis. And it sounds like specifically with this trade too, in order to match the salary of DeJounte Murray. So um, that's kind of where I think things stand generally. Um, I don't, know how how close it is i don't know if it will end up being bigger than that but that's kind of the 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 latest i've got there yeah is there anything else uh related to the sacramento kings uh mainly harrison barnes or sean holmes anything on that front haven't heard anything new i mean sacramento definitely was involved in john collins talk um ahead of the draft you know from from my understanding the, the kings never were considering a deal that would have sent out the number four pick that would have brought John Collins back. Um, I don't think that was ever really something that the Kings considered, um, but they definitely had interest in him. I mean, Brooklyn definitely checked in at one point. I know I think Sam Amick wrote that. Um, you know, Portland had interest as well, but I mean, they clearly weren't going to move the number seven pick for him. If they wanted to move the number seven picks for that for John Collins, that would have happened, right? Um, Absolutely. I don't think it was just because – Shaden Sharp was on the board, and they were just really excited. They couldn't have passed up on Shaden Sharp. I think in general, they did not think John Collins was worth that pick. So, I mean, he continues to be described as a player that is very likely to get moved. I am starting to struggle to see landing spots for him, though, to be honest. I I don't know. Like, there hasn't been a team that's consistently been mentioned as, like, a landing spot for him that – sounds like anything close like i don't know how portland for example gets there now um i mean doesn't seem like there's just any traction significant traction from what i've heard on on john collins at this point well jake i appreciate your time and that's uh all i got for right now i'm gonna let somebody else take a turn you got it thanks kyle let's see if we can get preston on here it hasn't been uh working so well and I can't find the comments anymore. Let me go back up. Um, do I have Preston? It doesn't look like it on my end. I really do apologize uh, to everyone here. It looks like we've got a lot of people in the queue. Um, I know Waz is even having trouble getting in here. Um, we're trying our best here. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the Kyrie situation because that was what I wanted to talk to Waz about. Um, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get him in here and we can talk about it. Um, I'm texting him right now. Um, so, I mean, the word over the weekend about Kyrie was, was pretty consistent. And it was that the Lakers were his preferred place to go. And that um, they were trying to figure out sign and trade mechanisms to make it happen. The Nets all along were projecting, talking about how there really wasn't – because, again, these talks can't happen over the table right now. Um, There was definitely a lot of 
conversation about if in theory what those talks would include that Brooklyn really wouldn't have had much interest in really any package that would have happened with the Lakers. Cause I mean, just by process of, of elimination, like it would have had to involve Russell Westbrook. And that just didn't seem like something that really was, um, you know, that there was any appetite for that at all, really on Brooklyn side of things. Um, so, I mean, this morning, like in talking to a couple agents involved, uh, ooh, we got Preston on the line. Um, I, I mean, as I as I reported out there, and people are making fun of me for saying, as I saw online, the trolls. You know, there was definitely talk this morning about Kyrie. He really wanted to get to to the Lakers. This was the only way for him to get there was to opt out, take the non taxpayer mid level, or take the taxpayer mid level like six million dollars. And people who would know were definitely starting to believe that Kyrie. I mean, at least Kyrie was saying and doing things. I don't know what those were to make some people who would be directly involved think that he was actually going to do it. Um, I know plenty of people who didn't, for sure. Um, but, um, man, Waz is not looking like he's going to be joining us here. Um, there are plenty of people who didn't. And most people, I would say, definitely did not think that Kyrie was going to turn down $30 million because that would have been the difference, right? $6 million compared to the 30 now, and then the Lakers cap-wise would have had difficulty, let's say, um, and still figuring out a way to get him, you know, near max money. They would not have been able to get him max money. Um, but, I mean, he, clearly it was something that was being discussed. And I think, I mean, obviously by end of day, it, it seemed like an option that wasn't really on the table. I mean, that was literally, to me, my, my read on it is that was literally his last non-opt-in option because, you know, they wanted to, to – potentially see if there would be trade opportunities elsewhere. They wanted to see sign and trade opportunities. He put out his list, right? That was Miami and then the Clippers and then the Lakers. And then the list expanded to include uh, uh, our New York, the Clippers and the Lakers at the beginning. And then the list expanded to Miami and Dallas and Philly. And there were just no takers um, besides the Lakers. And, and the only way it became clear to get there would, would have been that last final option um, of – doing the unthinkable for anyone not named Kyrie Irving because the, the believers would all say, look, Kyrie just turned down $17 million and not forfeiting home checks from, from games for not playing due to the vaccine. So, um, But ultimately, you know, that was his last option, and it didn't become the option he chose. He's going to go back to Brooklyn. I mean, I think this took Brooklyn people by surprise today. I mean, I think they were definitely prepared to wait this out until Wednesday and see what he was going to do. Um, you know, I was definitely talking to someone around the situation literally a minute before news broke that Kyrie was going to go back. Um, I see Waz in the queue. Um, um, and, uh, it just ultimately, you know, wasn't the real, oh, Waz is out of the queue now. Waz is back in the queue. Okay. Um, oh no, I don't see him. Damn. Okay. Preston, I hope you're going to be still in the queue. Call yeah, can you hear me? All right. Can... Are you still there, Preston? Can you hear me? Waz, you're there. Okay, can wonderful. You can you get <laughs> on stage? Can you hear me? I hear you. I'm inviting you to speak, though. Um, How do I do that? Can you? Is there, like, an invite coming across your way? Nope. 
Nothing. Invite to speak. Invite to speak. Oh, now Preston's back in the call. But I still hear you, Oz, right? Yeah, I'm here. Should I hang up and call again? No, no, no. Okay. Um, invite to speak again. Do you have any update coming your way with that invite? Nah, this is nothing. I'm just staring at it. says host. All right, I'm going to follow um, you. Waz speaks. I'm going to try to add you as a speaker this way. Waz. Oh, you're not showing up on here. Damn. I'm sorry for the technical difficulties, man. It's all good. It's not hospitality I strive for. <laughs> nah, it's all good. <laughs> well, once we get you on in the speaker version, we're going to get back to having callers in. And Preston, who I booted, uh, call back in, and we'll try to get you right to the front of the line. I'm going to keep Waz in the call thing here for now because I have him, and then we're going to try to hopefully get him into the speaker queue to then take your calls. Um but welcome to the show, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, man. I can't complain. Cannot complain at all. Um, just, uh, man, silly season is upon us. So it's Finish. like, oh, my goodness. Just great. Just perfect timing for your show, huh? Perfect timing. Uh, I mean, as I was just explaining before I brought you on, like, to me, my read on things is like, the non-tax or the taxpayer mid-level to go to the Lakers was clearly his last option. If he if it wasn't going to be opting back in, right? Like, yeah, he he put out the list of the Clippers and the Knicks and the Lakers to start, and then expanded it to Dallas and Miami um, and Philly to see, you know, what it could be. And then ultimately, the next you know thing I was definitely hearing over the weekend, and you know, we were all reporting. This morning that, like, the Lakers had interest and they were his preferred destination. And, like, that, you know, would there be a trade there? And then the answer pretty resoundingly was no. The Nets didn't have an interest in something that would have been involving Russell Westbrook, right? And then the opt-in or the opt-out and, and non-tax or taxpayer was pretty much the last thing that he could have done that that it. Like, that, that to me is kind of the progression of what happened. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know. Like, this this idea that's kind of been floated around that Kyrie is a madman and, you know, um, this idea that he would just say no to his 37 mil that's owed to him <laughs> if he opts in or whatever the two plus one would end up being, which is about probably like $120 million so that he could go play for the Lakers for six. That never made any sense <laughs> like why would he do this you know i never thought it made any sense as i as i wrote last week like this was always to me the, the, the most realistic option him going back to brooklyn yeah and you know i i thought brooklyn would cave sooner than this um in the sense that uh you know he could realistically get somebody to make room for him, somebody like the Knicks say, to make the room, sign him to a four-year deal, and Brooklyn would just be out of luck, right? Um, they just wouldn't have the guy. Uh, so I would just assume they'd be like, you know what, we'll give you your four years um, instead of the two plus one that we've offered, and, you know, that's how it would play. Um, I, yeah. Oh, I think we have you in the speaker thing now. Let me... Uh... No, you're gone, Waz. 
No. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Am I am I there? Hell yeah, we got it. All right, perfect. All right, let's. let's... Thing. Okay, so we're calling up Preston. Let's see how well that works. There he is. Sweet, calling people. I love you. All right, Waz is in the two. We're ready to rock. So, yeah, Kyrie, last thing we'll say before we get to Preston. To your point, like, now I think the, the, the last thing to say about this, and if you have any questions about Kyrie, we'll take them, but I prefer to talk about other things. Um, Last thing I'll say, Waz, before we take Preston's question is, now it's like, all right, he's opting in, but now what? Now there's the extensive talks that you're, you're kind of alluding to. And, I mean, before they come to those terms, like, there's going to have to be more talks about understanding commitment on both sides and blah, blah, blah. This is not just, like, going to be kumbaya and perfect now. There's still work to be done. I got I, – I, I, I think I was kicked out. Can you hear me? We, we got you. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like he just plays out another year in Brooklyn and we just do this again next summer, right? Um, you know, maybe he he has a great season. Um, he uh, The Nets advance far in the playoffs. Maybe they even win a championship. Who knows? Ben Simmons gets his head screwed on right. They get that thing rolling and everybody's kumbaya because, as they say, like, Winning cures all ills, right? But it feels like that's not going to happen <laughs> next year. And we will be doing this again very, very soon. Um, so the now what is like, yeah, this is this is going to happen really soon again. We will all wait and watch and wonder if the winning uh, takes on. All right, Preston, how you doing, man? Thank you for waiting. Sorry about that. All good. Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Big fans. Um, I'll be quick because I know you already touched on it, but I guess going back to the Hawks situation, um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious if, you know, I, I guess I'm starting to get a little anxious about John Collins' trade value. Um, I think the first domino was Jeremy Grant going for less than probably what a lot of people thought he might fetch. And then, yeah. you know, with us passing the draft and San Antonio potentially, you know, not including him in a uh, – you know, in a DeJounte Murray trade, does that mean, you know, at this point it seems like Collins for a future protected first might be the best we get. You are definitely accurate in suggesting that uh, – I'm going to bump you, Preston. Uh, sorry about that. I just, you got to keep it moving. Um, it's definitely accurate, I'd say, I would think, that the lack of deal for John Collins would reflect a lack of market for him, right? I mean, what was like? Yeah, I mean, the John Collins thing for me is is tricky because I'm a, I'm a bit of a John Collins apologist. Like, I just love what he does, though. right? Um, his positional versatility, the fact that he can space you, the fact that he plays with a really high motor. However, the Hawks defense was fucking dog shit last year, <laughs> and he played a lot of those minutes. And he played a role in that. And you can say it's the, you know, I think some of it can be put on Trey Young and his style of play and the fact that nobody ever gets to do anything with the freaking ball. And then you got, and then you go and ask these dudes to kill themselves on defense. It's like a tough sell. You know, I always make the comparison to John Morant and Memphis. Like those guys feel like they were part of Ja's success. They feel like he's one of them. They're in it together. They're, you know, they're in a foxhole together, so to speak. 
That's how that group feels. They feel connected. The Hawks do not feel connected. And I think John Collins' play suffered because of it. And I would, again, like, I was blown away by what he did in the playoffs the year before, right? Um, when they made that surprise run in the Eastern Conference. I was like, damn, you know, he's the kind of guy who can punish the switch with his physicality. Like, I, I don't know. I, like, he shows some, some playmaking every now and again. I'm a huge uh, John Collins guy in theory. However, the results last season, I can understand why teams are driving a hard bargain. But it's like, if this dude's main selling point is his defensive versatility, you know, help side type of stuff, moves his feet and can and can guard guards um, when you need it, when you absolutely need him to at the end of a shot clock or possession or whatever. And he stunk up the joint. Why am I giving up anything for this guy? And he's rich. You know, like, he signed a pretty big, handsome deal. So, like, I understand teams' misgivings. However, me, if I'm a team who has serious aspirations, right, like, the kind of teams, like, say, a Sacramento or um, even a Charlotte, it's like, does John Collins really take you from 9 or 10 to the 7 for 6 seed? I don't think so. But I think a really good team, you know, like, you should want to have this type of guy in your in your building as far as I'm concerned. Because, like, in the postseason, when you need stops, when you need positional versatility, when you need somebody who can do more than one thing, um, I think he's that type of player. All right. Jake, how you doing? Me. Jake. Hello. Do we have you? Yeah. How you doing, man? Cool. Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, just a, two it. quick ones. One, from a Knicks fan perspective, glad to hear the uh, Brunson news. Um Obviously not a lock or anything like that, but just cool to hear. Uh, but I was interested in seeing, like, if you've heard anything about, like, a follow-up to that. Like, is that, you know, like the all eggs in one basket? If we get him, then what? Um, you know, any smaller moves? The Evan Fournier into the Boston TPE? Um, and then second question was just thinking about John Collins and, you know, Utah, I think, has to do something to help Donovan. So wondering if that was an option. All right. Um I have not heard like sequential things to fall from the Jalen Brunson thing. It's really just been how much they they want to get him, um, and the moves that they're going to have to do ahead of time to make it happen. Um, and it does sound like from the cat people I've talked to, they just have to move Alec Burks in order to make that happen. Um, so I don't think they're going to. It's going to be very difficult for them to do that. Um, him having the injury he just had ain't great. But, like it's just going to diminish the market a little bit. Um, I mean, was after they get Jalen Brunson, well, the you see thing. the Knicks. Uh, like, up, bro. Where do you think the Knicks uh, standing like in the Eastern Conference is with him as a point guard? I mean, I I don't know why they win much more games than they did last year with this exact group and yeah. Jalen Brunson. Like I like Jalen Brunson, you know. Um, Again, I compare him to a John Collins. Like, he's probably slated to make about the same as Collins, which is like above average starter money, right? Which I think he deserves. However, on a team that was below average, you just add an above average starter. What, what is that? What does that make you, Jake? <laughs> like, that makes you 
an average team probably, you know, like you'll win maybe 39, 40 games and you know, uh, that, that seems to be like their cap to me. I like outside of bringing in another actual difference maker, all-star level type of guy. I don't see why the Knicks should be any good unless you think people like Obi Toppin, uh, quickly, of course, RJ make huge developmental leaps, which I don't, you know, I, I love Obi. I wish Tibbs would play him more. I love the way. RJ's game has developed, and by all indications, like I had Fred Katz on my podcast yesterday, and he talked about this. Like all indications is is that RJ works his ass off. Um, he's gonna come back improved. However, like he would have, they would have to be so much better, you know, developmentally than they were this last year, for this to make a material difference as far as outcomes for the New York Knicks next year. Okay, Jack. How we doing? Hey, fellas, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Can you hear me? What right? up? What up? Yeah, we got you. Awesome. What's going on? Um, yeah, I'm curious if you've heard anything about the uh, Celtics uh, big TP. Uh, I think it's 17 million expiring in a few weeks, and also any uh, possible free agent targets for them. Um, I know Waz is a longtime Tatum doubter. Kind of, <laughs> kind of had to eat that this postseason, so I'd love to hear from both of you on it. Thanks. You got it, Waz. You got called out, man. Yeah, no, I, I've definitely been, historically, I've been a Tatum skeptic. Um, he played his ass off in the playoffs, if not in the finals, which, whatever, you know what I mean? I think he's going to come back better and stronger for it. But, um, yeah, in the past, it's just like, you know, I just have an aversion to one-trick pony dudes. Like, your one trick is that you fucking take hard, you can make hard shots, like, 25% of the time. Like, it looks great when it happens, but, like... And offense can't subsist on that. But like Tatum, like he said, he made me eat my words. Like he's become such a better playmaker. You know what I mean? Like he's the guy that has to find people on offense for that team. Like Marcus Smart is the quote unquote point guard, but it's Tatum's job to draw help, find guys. Um, what he did against KD defensively in the first round was insane. I haven't seen somebody play KD that well since Tony Allen. In like 2014, you know what I mean? So like, he the way he's developed has been incredible and remarkable. So yeah, I definitely got a lot of love for what Tatum does this year. I think, you know, same as always with Boston, man. Any ball handling, they could probably stand to uh, find some shooting like every other team in the NBA. But they need some kind of ball handling. I think that's what was missing against the, the Warriors, you know what I mean, where they're just throwing the ball all over the place. It's because they don't have, like, elite table setting or ball handling. I think they need help in that regard. Um, Ruben, we're going to take your question, and then after that we are going to run through the comments really quickly. Um, so, Michael, you'll be next after that. Anyone who just showed up? Uh, if you want to pop in here, we're going to try to get to as many people as we can in the next half hour. Got to make an account to call in, and then you can subscribe to the show and get all updates for us, all that jazz. Uh, Ruben, how you doing? Ruben, oh, there we go. You, there we, there go. we go. I'm good. Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, like the last five comments were also me, too, so I'm kind of going to derail. <laughs> <this>. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Jake, I just wanted to know uh, – what you're hearing, if anything at all, about D'Angelo Russell and the Timberwolves and what, what they may be up to here in the next couple of days. There you go. Thank you, Ruben. Um, I have definitely heard that 
the Minnesota Timberwolves have been calling around to see what D'Angelo Russell's trade value is. <laughs> I have I have not heard of a team that is interested in acquiring D'Angelo Russell. I mean, what, what? Like, like we're, I, I, I'm a huge D'Angelo Russell fan, honestly. Are you really? Why? <laughs> I'd love to know. You're the first. No, I shouldn't say that. So I went on Bill's show earlier in the year, and I was just like, I don't really bang with this dude. Like, he has to get a screen to get any kind of action going. Outside of that, like, he can't create no shots for you. Like, he's pretty decent at pick and roll when the team decides to play conventional pick and roll against him. But once you just guard the dude one-on-one, he's got nothing. And obviously, he's historically been a just horrible defensive player. So, like... What am I missing with this dude? And you add to the fact that you want to have the ball in Ant Edwards' hands anyway, right? So, like, I'm like, what am I missing with this dude? <clears throat> Sorry. Then, you know, Wolves fans attacked me on Twitter. <clears throat> oh, this is a new D-Lo. You know, you haven't been paying attention to his off on-off numbers. They're off the charts. He's had the best on-off of anybody on the team. He's the savior. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Then what happened against Memphis, Jake? What happened? He's like, he's, <laughs> he has not he has not proven an ability to play winning postseason basketball. However, I think he's a very helpful piece to help win a lot of regular season games, as we saw in Brooklyn that year under Kenny Atkinson, where he was an all star, which is where I fell in love with Dilo because he just throws these ridiculous passes that, like the I mean, I'd say ninety eight percent of the NBA wouldn't even think about throwing that. I came to just appreciate and the big ballsness and the ice in his veins in the fourth quarter shot making with while terrible shot selection often um, I just found <laughs> very enjoyable to watch from the Barclays Center uh, press box and and I will note he was incredible in that playing game uh, yeah. where he basically put the team on his back so salute to him he had thirty in that game I thought. Yeah, yeah, he was he was incredible, and and salute to him. But like you saw it against Memphis, man, and then that that one game where he did the, I got this, and just clanked one in the biggest moment of the game, bro. <laughs> oh man, I don't know, you know, like what's like that's what I mean. Like when when you're trying to trade somebody, right? Like to me, it's like what type of team wants D'Angelo Russell at his number? Like, is it a complete? And he's, and he's gonna want an extension, right? If he's oh, expiring. Lord. Oh lord, have mercy. that's just how the game works. Oh right, lord, have mercy. Com- we're gonna run through the comments here. Latest with the Jazz is really just about the coaching search, and as Andy Larson from Salt Lake said, uh, Salt Lake Tribune, Kevin Young, not Kevin Young, um, Will Hardy is definitely the name that I hear the most. Um, people think is the leader there. Kevin Young from Phoenix, an assistant. I heard did well too. But Kevin Young, the Celtics assistant, former Spurs guy, seems to be the leader there. Um, about Boston's traded player exception, which I know we were asked about. Like, I haven't heard anything about targets there. I just know Boston has definitely got the green light to make moves to um, to, to make changes there because they got close, but they obviously weren't close enough. Um, nothing with the Jazz trade front, though. I mean, I am curious why, like. If you're the Jazz, are you even thinking about trading Rudy Gobert? Are you just looking at the other pieces, the Mike Conley's, the Bogdanovich's, the Royce O'Neal's? Like, what? How would you, if you're Danny Ainge, how would you go about improving this roster? I personally 
what I would do, but this is not what you do when you GM in the NBA. And maybe I wouldn't either if, you know, like getting a new pool in my, you know, third crib was on the line. I probably wouldn't either. But I'm just saying, like, I think they should just move Donovan Mitchell. Like, they could get a bunch of stuff for him, try to get as much future assets as you can, and just start the rebuild. Like, let Rudy be there. You won't completely bottom out. But with the new lottery rules, like, completely tanking, you don't really need to do any of that. So what I would do is move Donovan Mitchell, who clearly doesn't want to be there long term. He does not want to be in that town, on that team long term. Like, it's obvious that's where this is headed. So if it was me, I would pull the Band-Aid off already and just move him. Make him happy. Bye. You know, but what they're probably more realistically going to try to do, they probably just try to move Rudy, get some wing help, because they were just exposed defensively um, in the playoffs. I don't know why they weren't in on, you know, trying to get in on uh, somebody like, oh, my God, why am I drawing blank on who the Pistons just traded? Um, Jeremy Grant. Yes, Grant. They want, I, listen, they wanted Jeremy Grant. They didn't have the pieces to get there. You know, like they should have tried to move heaven and hell to try to do that because when, when look, man, we talked about Jalen Brunson. I like dude. He's an above average point guard. He deserves the bread that he's going to get. Salute to him. They had that man out there looking like tiny Archibald. Like, like he was the second coming to Allen Iverson out there. It was embarrassing what they did at the point of attack in the playoffs, right? Like, it was literally an embarrassment. So they need to try to shore that up. And I guess if they want to, you know, they feel like Rudy's the more expendable of the the Rudy and Donovan pairing. And so they're going to probably move him. But that's what they should be trying to do because that was clearly their most glaring weakness. Like, they could not guard anybody for nothing. And it's like, oh, well, if Rudy's supposed to be defensive player of the year, he should be stopping. I'm like, bruh, they spreading y'all out. Rudy can either help in the paint when somebody gets completely cooked on the ball and give up wide open corner threes. How many corner threes did Dallas make? Just wide open threes. Or he could stay home on those shooters and then layups to Dallas's guards. Like, how is this a Rudy Gobert issue? I don't understand. Right? I agree. I agree. And then, and so, like, they need to move Rudy. They need to try to get some defensive help on the wings, which obviously we know that's like, the most premium position in the league, six six, six seven, six eight guys who can move their feet. But that's what they, you know, Danny Ainge's supposed to be some type of genius GM, according to every single freaking media member that's ever existed. So he needs to go out <laughs> and try to do that. There's one thing in common with Danny Ainge and most media members. <laughs> Look, this is the thing too, right? It's not like he's been terrible. He's a good GM. It's just the way some of this stuff gets played up in the media. Like, the Nets thing used to just piss me off. I'm like, okay, Danny Ainge made a trade that anybody would have made. Like, his team was trapped. Like, these guys were done. They were clearly cooked. The Nets offered them mad stuff for it. Who wouldn't have made that deal? Why did we make him a genius for the Brooklyn deal? Brooklyn was more stupid than Danny was smart is what I was what I was just feeling. But like you would have thought this man was like Einstein for making this trade with the Nets. It's like, yeah, he asked him for everything and they stupidly gave it to him. 
But whatever, that's my Danny Ainge rant. I don't even know if it's a white thing. I think I, I, I'm glad we, we can talk about this too. Like, I'm glad yeah. that you brought this up because a lot of like in the media, like in our industry, when you talk to other of, other people, there's this sense that like the black dudes got the players, the white dudes got the management types, right? Which is why like when do you go on some radio show and talk about? And Wendy's my man, to be sure. He's one of my favorite people, like, in the, in the whole business. I love Wendy. I'm just saying, like, when he comes out and he says, oh, you know, some people might consider Golden State's championship as a checkbook championship. All that shit is, is he talks to a bunch of management types. He talks to a bunch of GMs whose ownership would never um, cut that type of check, no matter what, even for a championship. And they're jealous of Bob Myers, and they're saying his job is easier. So to understand that it's like he's talking to management types, right? And it makes sense. Like these dudes go to the same schools. Like they, they have a lot in common. Like it makes sense that the people that white media members more identify with are the white dudes in the business, right? Which is how you get Sam Hankey is a fucking genius because he figured out that losing ups your odds in the lottery. Like, that's how you get that type of narrative about, oh, my God, the quants, and they, they, they have all these edges on the margins because they're so smart in this. And, like, all of this big up of pencil pushers and not the dudes who do it on the fucking court, it's because those are their homies, you know, and I don't think that's like a, I don't think it's like a racist, consciously racial problem, whatever. It's just natural. Like these dudes. It's subconscious for sure. Yeah, these dudes, these are the dudes that they actually relate to. So that's how you get these, like all of this stuff when GMs are like so, so smart or like when people go nuts for like some trade exception or, oh my God, what a genius. He just, he just barely got under the tax with this nothing deadline deal. Oh, so smart. Like, that's why you get all of that shit, because that's who they spend most of their time talking to for information. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's not fucked up. That's the game. That's the game. All right, let's get back to the Intel stuff. We got some time left here. We're going to try to run through them as quickly as we can. One question. Why is I talk? And we'll, we'll try to keep it quick, and then uh, we'll keep it going. Kevin, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Good, thanks. Um, so what, now that, like, the Lakers, like, Kyrie's, like, not happening, um, where do you see them going next? Like, could they dump Russ for, and, like, a pick to a cap space team, like, the Magic or the Thunder? Or, like, where do you see them going next in terms of free agency and the trade market? Thank you, Kevin. Uh, I have not heard the Lakers are willing to attach a pick to get off Russell Westbrook's contract. That's been something that's been consistent since the deadline. So I don't really know where they go next outside of just out, outlining the team with, the taxpayer mid-level that they're going to have, which I expect to go to Malik Monk and minimums. That's really all they can do. I mean, right, Wallace? Like, they're not, they don't really have much, much Yeah, if they're not willing to attach Westbrook, um, I mean, excuse me, a pick to Westbrook, they just, they just have no, if they're not willing to do that, they have no interest in moving the guy. And because that's another thing, too, if when you move Westbrook, you got to expend another pick to try to bring somebody else in, too. So they probably they don't have no picks going forward to begin with. So they're probably just like, look, man, like we're not going to chase bad after bad. We're just going to try to figure out the rust thing, I guess. I don't, you know, I don't know. And it's like, 
the Lakers don't really have to operate the way the Thunder do because the Thunder have to do all of this planning. AD is never going to force his way to the Thunder like he did with the Lakers, right? Like a LeBron James level player isn't going to just be like, yeah, just clear the sp- up the space. I'll come and be there long term. Even though you guys have stunk up the joint and been incompetent for five years, I will just show up because you're the Lakers and it's Los Angeles. So like because of that advantage, they can mo- they can operate a little more clunkily than the other teams do because they have all of these built-in advantages. This offseason, like, I really think that they're going to have to bring back a sorry-ass team. Like, if they're not willing to give up to first to to try to shift all of this, it's it's over. And, you know, they made the stupid mistake of just letting all, all of their stuff that anybody would want, Kenny who is a, um, you know, he's a shooter, actually a 3 and D guy. He's one of the best dudes at the lock and trail shit. Like, he is an incredible defensive player, role guy, plays hard, all of that. Got rid of him. Kuzma turned himself into a lunch pail type of dude. Um, Basically, wing guy, perfect guy next to LeBron. All the dirty work. Will shoot it when when he's open at at a decently efficient clip. Got rid of him. He's the type of piece that you would... You know, you would move to improve your team. They let Caruso walk out the door for money reasons. Another guy who easily you could have moved him for stuff if you wanted to this year. And now their quote-unquote asset is, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker, which, like, I don't know, Jake, like, is, this, is that an asset to you? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where things things are there, honestly. Um, they came out and said AD's off the table, which, of course, like, you know, like, <laughs> there's nothing they can do, man. It's over. All right, to our next call. Forget about these. Forget about these. Are you there? You're on mute. All right, we got to go to the, our next caller. Ice, I'm assuming this is about the Hawks. Ice, Ice I'm you your mic, boy. All right, sorry, Ice. Oh, oh, Ice, Ice, come back in. Ice, oh. Ice, Ice, come back in. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Joao? Joao, you're on mute. Ice, come back in. I'll get you next. Hello. Are you there? Oh, there he is. Yes. How are you? What's up, brother? Uh, so, um, like, how likely? Um, to be honest. Sorry, could you repeat that question? My bad, brother. Can you say that I again, got, please? I got it. I got okay. it. His question was about DeAndre Ayton. Um, okay. And his market. You know, and we're definitely going to try to keep this quick to keep getting to ice and I see, forget about it, it's back. Um, I, I'm starting to be skeptical about DeAndre Ayton's market, too. I mean, it doesn't sound like there's a ton of landing spots for him. Um, Detroit seems to still be on the table, but they, they don't seem to be very – you know, as promising of an opportunity for him with the Jalen Duran trade or Duran. Um, so I don't know where he's getting his max offer from. I, I, I'm skeptical, honestly, just like with the John Collins trade, his market seems to have been uh, diminished here. Uh, I mean, why? Do you see any obvious landing spots for him? Um, I mean, I, I think he's a really dope player. And, like, anybody who's in the market for center should want him. Uh, number one being the fucking team that he's already on. <laughs> like, yeah. like the idea that Phoenix would let their number one pick just walk out the door makes no freaking sense. Just because their owner wanted to nickel and dime this dude. 
Like, but you know, other teams. I think. Well, Detroit just drafted a center, so it's like that would seem like weird, especially with Stewart already there. Um, I think Portland could use him. Um, I think. De- well, Dallas obviously would love to get their hands on him, but they don't got the pieces. Um, pretty much, bro, bro, like any team that needs a center, the Hawks, you name it, that needs a center should be trying to figure out how to fool Phoenix into making the dumbest decision of their lives. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he should, like, everybody should be in on this guy. I, I think his play suffered because he was really unhappy last year about how they did him with the deal. I think in a new environment where it's like, yo, we love you, we want you, um, is going to play. Like, people underrate this, like, emotional stuff. And, you know, these guys are human beings, bro. Like, and I get it. It's like, oh, what's the big deal? You had to wait one summer to get your paper. It's not really about that. It's kind of what is the message that you send to the rest of the league. It's like, he's not that important. And so when you treat somebody like that, and I get it, it's like, bro, it's like 200, you're going to get your 200 mil no matter what, get over it. I get all of that, but like, that's not how it works in the league. Like, he sees his peers getting taken care of, and he's just like, yo, where's my respect? You know what I mean? And so it affected his play, and I think in a new spot, it'll be way better. There you go. But I would love to see him in Portland, though, man. I would love to see if Portland could figure something out. What's up, there. Uh, Ice? How we doing? What's up, guy? Can, apologies if you covered this already, but can you touch on the development of the Gallo news and kind of how how can the team even increase his partial guarantee in the previous like league year? Thanks. There you go. Um, we have talked about this, uh, so all I'll say is that um, I've just heard from multiple people today that. Uh, the deal, the talks with Dejounte don't include John Collins anymore, um, or I, I don't know if when when that stopped. Uh, but today, that definitely came up this afternoon, and I heard a, a lot of talk from various different angles on it that some conversations being had about um, increasing Gallo's uh, partial guarantee to. Uh, I mean, maybe not even specifically just with this. Like, I think in general that that conversation was being had too. Um, Jeremy, how we doing? Hey, what's up, fellas? What up, baby? It's uh, Jeremy, Jake, if you know, you know. Um, <laughs> well, as a optimistic Knicks fan, you guys could maybe call me crazy, but after seeing Burks, Randall, and a lackadaisical like you sometimes ring up the ball, <laughs> it's like a, a DeJounte Murray or Brunson, which I know what these guys are, but I know they're very fundamentally sound point cards. Could they bring Randall back to preseason formed those two seasons ago or bring something out of OB or RJ we haven't seen before? I mean, I think Jalen Brunson, by well, to your point, being just a very solid table center point guard will help. How much? I think that the jury is definitely out. We haven't seen him in that role yet in the NBA, so I, I honestly don't I, I don't know what it would look like. I, I'm not... like When James Harden got traded to Houston, I was pretty damn excited to see what that guy was going to do with his own team. That's not – I mean, I, I really am a big fan of Jalen. I think he's great. But I, I'm not expecting him to all of a sudden become friends and leave. Yeah, I mean, I, I love DeJounte Murray. I think if the Knicks can find, figure out a way to get both of those I don't think dudes. In the, I don't think that's happened. But yeah, I know the Spurs – the, the Spurs don't trade people. <laughs> they just don't. They're starting to. So. 
You know what I mean? Like, they, they always just, like, be like, fuck it, we're just keeping our guys. They ended up getting rid of Derek White, obviously, but, like, even that was, like, y'all could have did that two years ago. They could have stopped this whole, like, yo, we're going to be completely average just for the love of the sport a long time ago. But, but yeah, I guess Pop is doing his, his, his stubborn routine, man. I wonder, though. It does sound like they're they're gearing up for a rebuild, um, and it does sound like uh, Dejounte they're just getting ahead of his potential next max. And it, by from my understanding, it would end up kind of being like a Jalen Brunson situation next season, where they could only offer him a certain number, one twenty percent of his deal before the season expires, and it would be well below his max. So he's going to hit unrestricted free agency. And probably get a max and a big offer from someone else. So, like, I think they're getting ahead of the curve. And, you know, I think it's very similar to the situation in Toronto, too, where another clutch client, I think there's efforts from the representation to try to expedite these trades happening, too. I'm not saying that uh, the, the trade requests happen in those situations, but I think there's been greasing of the wheels, let's say, um, from certain people there. Uh Fazan, Fauzan, sorry if I can't pronounce that correctly. How you doing? Hey, hey, Jake, how's it going? You still don't know how to pronounce my name? <laughs> sorry, <man. laughs> Call his ass out, bro. <laughs> give, give it to me. It, it's Fauzan, right? It's, you're emphasizing it too much. It's just simple. It's Fazan. 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 All right. There you go. I got you, man. Uh, my, my how's it going, Jake? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Actually, before I ask my questions, I actually I actually wanted to touch on something that someone said before me about the DeAndre Ayton thing. Um, me personally, if I had a Nikola Jokic or Carl Anthony Towns as an obstacle in my conference, I would do whatever it takes to make sure I had a guy who wouldn't get played off the floor against him, especially when you see teams becoming more uh, healthy. I feel like ditching Ayton feels uh, like a non-option for me especially seeing how the center market is and how many teams are demanding a center. Um, but that kind of goes into what someone else was, was saying. My question for you guys is, um, yeah. I know a lot of the a lot of people just free agency are talking about the Hawks, uh, the Knicks, the Lakers. The bigger market teams always get more media around them. But I feel like another a team that's getting backtracked is the Nuggets. Will better help propel the Nuggets back into contention? I mean, I'm 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 another I'm a a Nuggets obsessive. I I love their team. Um, I think if their guys come back reasonably healthy, they will be just as good as anybody in the West, in my opinion. Um, Because to me, when they have all of their guys, they probably have their offense is probably the second best unit in the whole Western Conference probably after Golden State's defense, in my opinion. You know, so, like, I'm a big Hawks person. If Jamal Murray and MPJ are reasonably healthy next year, which is a huge-ass if, especially with MPJ, who I like to remind people all the time, uh, John Hollinger, who I used to work with at The Athletic, he used to work in the Grizzlies' front office, and he was there when they scouted MPJ, and he said that literally, this word for word what John Hollinger said, the worst medical I've ever seen. <laughs> That's why he slipped in the draft. 
John Holland just said MPJ has the worst medical he's ever seen. So like him coming back reasonably healthy is a big ass if so. But if he does, I think they'll be super good. All right. Our last question comes from Jack. Um, Apologies to everyone we haven't gotten to. Um, We'll definitely be doing another show um, on Thursday, 5 Eastern, uh, before free agency starts at 6. Um, So please, if you haven't made the account already and subscribe to the show, um, you'll get an update like an hour out and whenever the show gets scheduled. um, And you'll be able to call us next time. Uh, Jack, last question. How are we doing? Jack, you're on mute, my friend. Has you got me? We got you now. Jack, Jack well, I'm a big fan of you guys from down here in Australia. Um, my Appreciate question, you, bro. My question was just to do with my Detroit Pistons. What's the latest wow. you're hearing in terms of... <laughs> what's the latest you're hearing in terms of their direction with free agency? Obviously, they'll tie to Aiton, St. Bridges, Malik Monk, but obviously they've got that cap space. Is there a chance they take on a bad contract, some picks? Yeah. All right, Jack, we got a Pistons fan from Australia calling into my show while I'm here in Brooklyn. And Waz, you're in L.A., right? Yes, sir. That's pretty we cool, global, man. baby. That's pretty cool, man. Um, <laughs> with the Pistons, we, you know, we talked about some, De- some DeAndre Ayton. Um, you know, I, I know that's something that Ayton's people are still hoping is on the table. We'll see. They do get linked to Miles Bridges a lot. I think Miles Bridges, if he doesn't, if things don't work out in Charlotte, which it does sound like – you know, they're going to match or whatever. Um, like, I, I think the Pistons make the most sense from everything I've heard, but I don't know if they're going to come and bring him a big fat offer right now. The fact that they've got a lot else going on their books. Um, I think, you know, they, they, the word definitely though has been that they would look around at, at the RFA market. So, um, you know, maybe Mitchell Robinson's the name they look at. He's been kind of linked there in the past. I haven't heard too much about like, I mean, the Pistons, it was so loud, it was going to be Jalen Duran that they were going to try to trade for, and that happened. Um, and, uh, you know, outside of that, like, the talk had just been about DeAndre and maybe the Pistons being more of a um, more of a Bridges landing spot, like, from his side of things, and then from their side of things, we'll see. Um, I mean, Waz, what do you think they should do? Um, what, uh, I mean, where do you want them to go? I mean, I I like the spot that they're in, man. I think they just need to chill. Like, I think they're in a similar position that Memphis is or was early earlier on in the Jaw situation. It's like, all right, you've got your bona fide multiple-time all-star dude on the roster. Now it's just about getting really good young players around him and just building on that. You're building continuity. They're building a collective toughness and institutional knowledge together. Like, I, I believe they should just relax. Like, this idea that need to, like, swing for something and, you know, try to get something done. I don't think I don't think that's the play, honestly. And I think even Memphis – and they're not close to what Memphis did this year, of course. But I think Memphis's offseason last year is instructive. Like, all they did they, – they they went to the playoffs. They, they could have been like, look – we got job. We're obviously a playoff team. Let's go crazy now and try to get all of these big time vets in here. Instead, they just did something on the margins. They was like, all right, let's just get Steven Adams in here and keep rolling with what we got. 
And they got the freaking three three seed. They gave Golden State everything they could handle. I think to me, that's the model of what Detroit should be trying to do. Stuff on the margins. The wins shouldn't matter right now. It's just about getting dudes that are talented with your bona fide future all-star. All right. We are back on Thursday, 5 to 6 Eastern. We're doing all calls, no co-hosts, no guest play. It was an honor to be guested tonight by Wazdi Lombre. Pleasure was all mine, Jake. And I want to tell you something. I I owe you an apology. (laughs) Okay. Because you were the first person on this Harden stuff going to Philly. And I went on my podcast. I went on Bill's podcast. I was like... This fucking Philly guy, give me a break. Of course he's being propagandized <laughs> by the Sixers. Of course, this is crap. Give me a break. All oh, the Sixers are saying James wants to be there. Of course he's a Philly guy. They're giving him crap. <laughs> this is bullshit. And I'll be damned if you ain't have it stone cold, brother. I'm, I'm a fan of your work, bro. Um, Like... I know how treacherous the news-breaking game is and the manner in which you handle your business. I got a lot of respect and love for So, you know, I appreciate you even asking me to come on your show, bro. You got it, man. I thank you for that. I mean, look, there's, there's like, only kind of one lane that I see open in the news-breaking space, and it's the, like, covering it like a market, right? And what, what projecting what is likely to happen, what can happen, Um and sometimes, you know, put some things out that might not happen. And people then try to take it as like, oh, this guy doesn't know shit. But <laughs> things, things change, man. And uh, it's been a fun ride. It's definitely been, uh, you know, it's the only way I know how to do it. So I'm just trying to stay me and stay as accurate as I can and uh, keep giving it a good shot, man. So I appreciate you, uh, you following along and supporting. Of course, man. Keep up the good work, bro. All right, man. I'll see you out in Vegas, and I'll see yes, you sir. back on Thursday, 5 Eastern. Take care. Peace, y'all.